welcome to the Ditch That Textbook podcast, a daily show to equip, inform, and inspire educators to teach with less reliance on the textbook through technology, creativity, and innovation. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Let's get started. This is episode 48 of the Ditch That Textbook podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. I am here in Ontario, Canada, in Niagara Falls for the Connect Conference, which has been amazing. And I am sitting right next to Brian Aspinall, author and awesome educator and all-around good dude. Um, Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself real quick? Other than the fact that you're an all-around good dude. (laughs) So my name is Brian Aspinall. Uh, I've been an elementary educator for about 12 years now. I currently teach at the university level and uh, just published a book. So it's been a, an, a very engaging time, entertaining time uh, to be able to connect with people like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, the book is called Codebreaker. And um, the, I, I just I love the, the general idea of it. And I know it's something that a lot of teachers are really interested in getting into. And um, Brian, you did a presentation today where you were talking about coding. And then you did another one where you were like, I'm not talking about coding here. I know this shocks you, (laughs) which I thought was hilarious. But um, you were talking about coding and you said there's a difference between learning to code and coding to learn. And I'd never heard that before. And I wondered if you could just touch on that a little bit. Totally. So the book, uh, Codebreaker, the title itself is a bit of play on words. Number one, of course, it's ways to integrate coding into existing curriculum lessons. But number two, the idea of breaking codes, it's about pushing education and pushing people to think. So it's a bit of a metaphor. It's, it's sort of twofold. Uh, the idea about learning to code and coding to learn. So we, we learn to spell so that we can write sentences, and we write, learn to write sentences so we can write poetry and stories. In my math class, I think about how kids have to learn their multiplication tables in order to understand bed mass, in order to find the volume of the cylinder. So I think coding in that same space, we learn to read so we can read to learn. If you can learn to code, you can code to learn. And the difference becomes not just uh, playing around with dash and dots and spheros because we know that those are important skills for kids to develop, but what we actually do with that. And it might be coding probability simulators to, to understand theoretical probability. It might be creating animations for particle theory to show what happens to ice as you add heat to it. You can code those simulators by engaging students uh, in math. So the, ultimately, the, the goal with it is it's not just the coding piece, but spiraling our curriculum with that project approach and developing the competency uh, standards, you know, ISTE standards, 21st century learning, mm-hmm. uh, things of that nature. Yeah, that's awesome. And, that, and that's like, you know, the more that I hear of people using coding in the classroom, that's what I'm thinking would be so awesome to be able to do is to have it integrated instead of just saying, okay, let's learn how to do HTML. Okay, let's learn how to do Scratch. And um, so having it like that is great. And I know that if a lot of people listening are like me, I'm still sort of a beginner, you know, total beginner on all of this, especially in using it in a classroom. So um, speak to those people for just a minute. And where, if somebody wants to start to dip their toes into this, where can they do it so that they don't feel totally overwhelmed and they feel like they can actually get some good out of it? Well, you know that math education and, and math scores we read in headlines all across the globe, right? Our math numbers are down. It doesn't matter if you're in Ontario, if you're down in the U.S., that's a big theme. And so math education can be overwhelming for a lot of people. And now we're adding coding and computational thinking to the same 
bucket. But what I think is important for people to understand is the idea behind coding and, and computational thinking, we've always done that in education. Uh. The mindset in a phys ed class where the environment gives you the immediate feedback. I didn't make that layup. What can I change? I'm going to go try again. Yeah. We never evaluate kids yeah. in a phys ed class based on the number of foul shots they make out of 10. Mm -hmm. Why do we do that in math? So if we start thinking about it like that, when you write code, we call it an algorithm in computer science land. Mm -hmm. But in science class, it's a procedure. In language class, it's a procedure or an explanation. It's a set of instructions that the computer follows to perform a task. What we have to do as educators is just recognize that providing opportunities for kids to try it, try new things, take risks, and, and encourage the risk taking and the failure in a space in which failure is not punished. And currently, in most of the world, yeah. coding is not a, a curriculum thing, so it's not something we evaluate. Mm -hmm. So it's seen as fun, but being able to engage kids with coding so they can demonstrate learning in content areas is most important. So what I typically yeah. tell people, you don't have to know, let the kids figure it out. Ah, you yeah. know your curriculum really well, that's the goal. Yeah, yeah, oh, I love that. Um, and what little I've picked up on with you know, a little bit of HTML and some other stuff is that there are, it's kind of like what you said earlier, there are parts of our everyday life that fit into coding. And if we can get kids thinking like a coder, so to speak, I guess, it makes me think of like the conditional logic that you use in a Google form, like branching, you know? And so if you can say, if this, then that, I did a little bit of um, coding in basic when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I learned a lot of the if the semantics then. Right, right, yeah, exactly. And so there's there's a lot of that logic, I think, that if we start to help kids see that they're already doing that and then it crosses over really well. So 100%. Ah. it's like you wanna write you know, you have your students write their procedure for making toast. Well, step one, if we have bread, then go to step two. Right, yeah. Otherwise go to the store. Yeah. And it's a sub procedure, a sub module. Yeah. We already do that. We just have to think about it in that. Yeah. frame of mind. Ah, oh, that's great. See, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I could never do coding. Oh, this is too geeky. I can't do it. Guess what? You're probably already doing some of it. So um, love that. Um, so if you're listening to this and you haven't checked it out, Codebreaker is the name of Brian's book. Definitely give it a look. Where can people find you online? Uh, you find me on Twitter at Mr. Aspinall. Uh, MrAspinall.com is one of my websites and BrianAspinall.com is my blog. Wonderful. I think this went so well. I think we ought to do it again. So are you good to come back tomorrow on another episode, Brian? I'd love to. I'm here all week. I'd love to come back tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Very good. So you guys will hear Brian again tomorrow, and we will talk about something other than coding. So we will see you then. Thanks for listening to the Ditch That Textbook podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love it, be sure to leave a review and rating on iTunes to help others find a show. Thanks for listening, and happy ditching.